Hey, thanks for checking out the So What Factor. My name's Randy Bennett. I'm a United Methodist pastor, and these sermons answer the question, I hope, so what? So what? Is God real? So what am I supposed to do with my life? So what does the Bible actually say? So in every sermon, it's my hope that you'll figure out what the so what is. But if you don't know, or it wasn't clear, feel free to find me on Facebook at Randy Bennett Jr., and shoot me a message. You can also email me at pastorrandybennett at yahoo.com. Be happy to hear your questions and, and, uh, and connect with you. So thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we give thanks for the opportunity now to, to hear a good word from you together to grow in your grace and to find ourselves challenged and uh, to find ourselves convicted and to find ourselves filled with your good words. So just be with us now as we consider your word um, that it might bring you honor and glory and that it might bring us growth. These things I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I know we are in a time of tough circumstances, but is it too soon to laugh about some of the goofy ways we humans have responded to COVID-19? Is it too soon? Maybe, but I'm going to do it anyways. (laughs) Here's some funny things about the pandemic. And... Any good sermon really has some props, so I brought some props with me today, okay? If I had it to do over again, you have one of those departments in your home, if I had it to do over again, apartment or department. If I had it to do over again, I wish, wish, wish I would have bought stock in toilet paper companies and hand sanitizer companies. I would be wealthy. I'm going to Zoom next. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. Speaking of Zoom, who out there has been using the old Zoom? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I like about Zoom is, uh, is the Zoom meeting bombs, where you're having a Zoom meeting and all of a sudden somebody else comes into the picture that's not supposed to be there, and you're like, hey, what are you doing? Especially if it's somebody's kids. I love, some of you, I love watching your kids come into the Zoom calls we have. And I just find myself waving at the kids, hey, 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 because <laughs> I'm a big, goofy kid. Also, and this is just from the I'm just making a comment department, Why is it that oil is utterly worthless, but the price of gas is going up? Okay, all right. Now, here's my favorite funny thing about the pandemic. My favorite funny thing right now are the different things that people are using for masks. For example, some people are using diapers. Let me tell you, it smells good. (laughs) People 
people are using, oh my gosh, you know, dog cones that put around the head so the dog can't bite or lick. Some people are using dog cones. That's awesome. I didn't have one handy or I'd have one around my neck right now. But you know what else people are using are coffee filters. People are using coffee filters as masks. That's, that's actually kind of a good idea. I don't know. Um, Oh, you know, the, the, very, uh, the very ingenious people, they're actually using plague masks. Looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, my favorite one I've seen. I have seen some people actually cut giant holes in these water bottles and then put them over their head to protect them from the virus. I guess if the virus don't kill you, the lack of oxygen will. I don't know. Well, for nearly all of us, this is our first pandemic. But we're not the first people in history to go through a pandemic, nor are we the first to face unpleasant circumstances. And maybe more importantly is we're not the first Christians to face unpleasant circumstances. Now, I don't know if the Apostle Paul found anything funny about his unpleasant circumstances. There's just something about Paul that says to me, I have no sense of humor. I could be wrong. Maybe Paul was a cut up. I don't know, but I don't think so. But Paul was certainly well acquainted with unpleasant circumstances, which were at times utterly terrible circumstances for Paul. He'd been stripped and beaten, chased from towns. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been in prison multiple times. And now, 10 years after he founded the church at Philippi, um, he's riding to the Philippians from his jail cell, his house arrest in Rome. But Paul did not let his terrible circumstances negatively define his attitude or his actions. No doubt, Paul probably had times that he really struggled with his circumstances, but that didn't stop Paul from choosing the gift of grace that's inside of each of us, and that's that gift of joy. Remember, friends, happiness depends upon happenings, but joy, joy is a gift of God's grace that can overcome every circumstance. That's why Paul weaved the word and the concept of joy throughout this letter. And though Paul wrote four letters from prison, it was the one to Philippians that's known as Paul's letter of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. The first sermon in our series was entitled The Joy of Thanksgiving and Prayer. Together, we considered Paul's joyful attitude of gratitude and his action of prayer for the Philippians as he began his letter. Last week's sermon it was entitled The Joy of Advancing the Gospel. Together we considered how Paul rejoiced in his circumstances because he still had a purpose. And that purpose gave him the peace of a divine perspective in his life. Now friends, many of you know that I think in songs and that I think in sound bites. When I started planning out the sermons in this series, today's sermon title was actually the first sermon title that came to mind. And I know that for the younger generation among us, I'm really getting ready to show my old, old age. 
But do you all remember the movie Sudden Impact with Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry? Oh my gosh. Now, if you don't know who Clint Eastwood is, here's an appropriate, nonviolent picture from the movie. Do you remember the famous line? Go ahead, make my day. Go ahead. Oh my gosh, such an awesome. It was so awesome. It was such an awesome line that President Reagan went to use it uh, a, a couple of years later about, about not signing any new taxes in a live veto. It. And he said, only have, only have some words for you, Congress. Go ahead, make my day. What an awesome president. Thank you, Reagan. Uh, no, I love you. There's nobody like you. Well, I kind of heard Paul saying, go ahead, Philippi. Make my joy complete. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what happens when God calls a goober from Generation X to be a pastor. You're welcome. Now that the goobery part of the sermon is over, let's consider the seriousness of Paul's request to make his joy complete. In so many ways, Paul's request for the Philippians to make his joy complete is the request of a parent who knows their days on earth are numbered. Paul loved the Philippians, loved them. They shared a special bond that was in so many ways like a parent has with their children. He was in jail. He didn't know if he would live or die. While he was in jail, he was able to observe the behavior of the Roman church, and he didn't want his children in Philippi to fall into the same dysfunction as the Christians in Rome. Yeah, the Roman church, they stood for the gospel of Jesus Christ, but their dysfunction was their disunity. Jesus said, every city or household divided against itself will not stand. In other words, division can destroy a congregation. Paul now applies that teaching directly to the Philippians with this admonition, whatever happens, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, if you have your Bibles open, I encourage you to underline whatever happens. The English phrase, whatever happens, is literally one thing or only one thing. Like this one thing is the most important. The one thing that matters most is for the church to conduct itself in a manner worthy of the gospel. And the conduct worthy of the gospel is that not divided conduct, but united conduct. And as any parent knows, nothing breaks your heart more than seeing your children become truly divided from each other, especially when they need each other's support during a really tough time. And the Philippians were now facing some really tough times of their own. Just as Paul was persecuted when he planted the church at Philippi, now the church itself faces persecution for sharing the gospel. Paul knew that if this community of faith was divided in any way, it would surely be destroyed by the persecution. But 
but if they remained united in one spirit, standing firm as one team, one unit, one voice, in the face of frightening persecution, God would advance the gospel among them even more. Paul continues with his parental admonition on suffering in verses 29 and 30. He says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Listen, and this is important, y'all, listen. Christian suffering comes through serving Christ. It's not the same thing as the suffering that all humans face, right? It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Everybody, everybody has times of suffering and, and heartache and, and loss and pain in their lives. Christian suffering is not the same as that kind of suffering. It's suffering literally for sharing the gospel. Now, it's one thing to accept suffering and resign oneself to it, but it's another thing entirely to realize that suffering for advancing the gospel is actually a privilege. It's a privilege. Paul wants his children to understand that if and when they suffer for the gospel, they should find encouragement in it. For remaining steadfast in their faith while suffering will demonstrate the reality of their relationship to Jesus. Paul tells his children to stick together. Stick together and stay strong. And in chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, he tells them how. The first is claim your grace gifts as citizens of the kingdom. Claim your grace gifts as citizens of the kingdom. You know, citizenship comes with responsibilities and privileges, right? I mean, to, to be an American citizen is a great thing. Is a great thing. But there it comes with plenty of, of privileges but responsibilities too, right? Like we got to pay taxes and other things like that. The kingdom of God citizenship also has responsibilities and privileges. Our responsibilities are to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ and stick together while we do it. Those are our responsibilities. Advance the gospel of Jesus Christ and stick together while we do it. But as citizens of the kingdom of God, we have also been given grace gifts to help us accomplish our responsibilities. Paul writes, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. Paul says in chapter 2, 1, there are four graces or four privileges that come with citizenship. Encouragement, comfort from God's love, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and tenderness and compassion. Paul said that if, if the Philippians, if the Philippians will claim the grace gifts they have been given as citizens of the kingdom of God, if 
if they will claim the encouragement that only God's joy can give, if they will claim the comfort that only God's love can give, if they will claim the fellowship that only the Holy Spirit can offer, if they will claim the tenderness and compassion that only Jesus can bring, if they will claim, if they will claim, if they will claim these gifts, if, are you ready, church? If. Paul says, then make my joy complete. Make my joy complete. Go ahead. Make my joy complete. Paul is just a person. Just like you and me. But there is one who is greater than Paul. He is God, the three in one. If we claim the privileges God has graced us with, we will make his joy complete. And Paul tells us how to do it. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. See, friends, Paul's goal was to produce like-mindedness, to produce unity. His joy would be complete when the Philippians stood together in unity. Paul desired for his life's work to amount to something in God's economy. And in God's economy, listen, in God's economy, unity is valuable. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense to we Americans. We apparently like division. We apparently like tribalism, and we apparently like fighting with one another. But as the church of Jesus Christ, God values unity. You know, unity is not found in identical lifestyles or identical personalities. Unity occurs when Christians have the same values, humility, and consideration of others. Hear that again. Humility and consideration of others. Humility and consideration of others. And Paul, Paul now in this passage, Paul offers the best example of humility and consideration of others as he pens a familiar early Christian hymn to the church of Philippi. He says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So friends, that word nothing, kanuo, kenosis, 
Um, listen, I did an entire sermon on that one word once. I'm not going to go over that again. Just nothing. It means to be emptied. The word for very nature in the Greek is morphe, morph. And the word for servant is doulos, slave. Listen, the text literally says Jesus emptied himself by morphing into a slave. Jesus emptied himself by morphing into a slave. And being found, Paul writes, in appearance as a, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Humbled. Humbled in the Greek. Tapeno. It also means to be brought low. The Son of the Most High was certainly brought low. Friends, you need to know that humility was not considered an admirable value or virtue or attitude when Jesus walked this world. With this world, he it was not considered that at all. See, Jesus emptied himself of divinity by morphing into a slave, and if that wasn't humble enough, he allowed the world to kill him because he considered our souls more important than his life. Listen, if you want to stand firm, united in the Spirit as we advance the story of Jesus Christ, then go ahead. Make God's joy complete by imitating Jesus. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father as an eternal banner of humility and consideration of others. Jesus sits at the highest place, having made his father's joy complete because of his humility and his consideration of others. Therefore, Paul writes, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. If, if we will be like-minded about the advancement over the gospel over anything else, if we will humble our attitudes and consider others as important, if not more important than ourselves, if we Christians all over the world and in our own Susquehanna Valley will be united in our values of humility and considering others and our purpose of sharing Jesus, then, then, then our joy will be made complete. Then what? Then that. That. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Go ahead. Make God's joy complete. Go ahead. Go ahead, Christ community. Go ahead, church in the Susquehanna Valley. Go ahead, United Methodist Church. Go ahead, Jesus followers of America. Go ahead, church. Church that spans from pole to pole and as far as the east is from the west. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Go ahead and claim the encouragement that only God's joy can give us. Go ahead and claim the comfort that only God's love can show us. Go ahead and claim the fellowship that only the Holy Spirit can give us. Go ahead and claim the tenderness and compassion that only Jesus can bring us. Go ahead and imitate Jesus' humility and see, see if we don't stay united in our sharing the gospel no matter the circumstance. Go ahead. Go ahead and make God's joy complete. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's make God's joy complete. And that's his word. Seriously consider this day for the Church of Christ community and anybody willing to listen. All thanks be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.